Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move, where we are vibing with the book at least 10 minutes at a time. The next 10 minutes, we're looking at Hebrews chapter 11, verses 4 through 7. Now, I was looking at the breakup of how we did this chapter, and I left myself a little confused because I was like, why did we break it up like this? Yeah, for clarity, when you say we, you mean you. Because the process was... We sounds like a lot of people. We, we, we looked through the book of Hebrews and I was like, all right, where do you want the divisions of the episodes? And you chose verses four through seven. Yeah. And now as I'm, as we looked at it, I think I understand <laughs> what I wanted to do. What were you wanting to do? I wanted to slow down and actually uh, capture what faith is. I think one of the fundamental misunderstandings of the Christian walk is what faith is, right? And I appreciate the desire to slow down because I think every time that I've been through Hebrews 11 ever, I think yeah. actually ever, it's been one of those by faith this, by faith this. And like the whole point of it is a rapid sequencing yeah. of faith this, faith this for the point of something else. Yeah. As opposed to really just taking the text as it is and like trying to understand why are these the stories. Because there's a million stories that he could have talked about. Yeah. But he's talking about certain stories in particular. Yeah. So... We could took, look at a, a couple of them here in verses 4 through 7, and mm -hmm. because of the brevity, we might be able to read some of it. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. The conclusion of our last episode was that faith is a person, namely the person of Jesus. And so when I substitute the person of Jesus into the framing of the sentence— it doesn't quite make as much sense as I think just looking at faith as a intellectual ascent or just a, a trust or something along those lines. Uh, yeah. So I think this is where I'm informed, at least the perspective that I come at it is by Christology. Okay. Right. And Christology uh, in the embodied person of Jesus being the divine person in human flesh or the mm -hmm. divine person in human nature so that the hypostatic union, this theological term to make sense of how God and humanity interpenetrate one another 
in a place that they're so deeply um like united that it is one person but that one person has two natures right that one person has two wills right this mm-hmm. is uh theological christology from the church like the church universal like the the church big right not like roman catholic church but like the holy catholic church meaning the church holy that's universal church. holy universal church that's been around for a long time right and one of the things that we've inherited down and you can always pursue it for yourself is this idea of the christology um of jesus that he is uh hypostatically united with god and man right mm-hmm. and in being god and man he is the very embodiment of the covenant that God has made with humanity. So God made a covenant with humanity. We saw this all the way back in Exodus, particularly in, um, you know, he invites them up. I think Exodus 19, 20 mm-hmm. said, come on up. You see it in Exodus 24 where Moses sprinkles the people, right? Because God is making a covenant with humanity through the nation of Israel. If we want to go even further back, there is a covenant that God makes with Adam, as it were, that Adam remains in loyalty and in faithfulness. Notice the language here, Mm. loyalty, faithfulness, and allegiance Mm. to God by way of enjoying everything that God has given him by way of living according to the word of God and by not deviating by what God has said, this is life, live in it. You're free to eat anything in the tree. So there's a loyalty, there's a faithfulness, there's an allegiance. That's that same loyalty, faithfulness, and allegiance that would have been demonstrated by Israel had they kept the covenant of God. So God makes this covenant with Adam. He makes a covenant. He reinstitutes the covenant in meaningful ways to Noah And then you see the covenant again, kind of implicit in his, uh, not implicit, but you see it explicitly with Abraham and then Abraham's seed, which is Israel, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. This covenant is always around loyalty, allegiance, faithfulness. The thing is that that loyalty, allegiance, and faithfulness, Adam didn't give it. Hmm. Noah couldn't offer it in his fullness. Abraham did not give it in, in, in like in its fullness, fullest expression, Israel. Well, that's a story, right? It's like, yes, we'll do it. No, you won't, right? So then there comes one who is actually loyal, who is faithful and is allegiant, right? Mm -hmm. And has allegiance. Who is that? That is God in person. So Mm -hmm. God makes a covenant with humanity, but God comes in a human and actually makes that covenant. And that human is God that human walks according to the revelation of God that he is receiving, right? And when I say that human, I mean the uh, the divine person in human nature, right? And for those theological nerds, you'll understand why I'm making that distinction. And so that faith, right? If you if you come to the summary point or this conclusion that I like to use this language, that faith is the allegiance between. Like our faith is the agreement between word and reality, right? Mm-hmm. And when I say word, I mean the divine logos. I mean the word of God and reality is the material world as it is, right? So that there is this dynamic at play that when God speaks, reality does. Mm-hmm. When God speaks, material world corresponds. So if God says, let there be light, light appears. Well, now take that down to the human person, right? When God speaks, the human person does what God has said. Mm -hmm. You see that exemplified in the person of Jesus. When Jesus says, 
I don't move apart from what my father says. Hmm. Every single word he speaks is what I do. Right then and there, you have the living embodiment of what faith is. Hmm. It's the agreement between the word of God and material world corresponding. But in this instance, the material world is embodied in a human person. And that human person is the intercessor for all of the material world. And that human person actually believes God, acts upon what God says, trusts God, has a loyalty to God, has an allegiance to God, has a faithfulness to God, so that whatever God says is what this servant will do. And this servant is Jesus. So how does this pertain to Hebrews chapter 11? Well, you see this exemplified in the actions that certain humans take. And these actions that you humans take is predicated, it's built on, it's dependent on what God says. Abel, for instance. Abel offers to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Why? Because God told him this is the sacrifice. And this sacrifice has nothing to do with what you can bring. It has everything to do with what I have brought. For example, when Adam and Eve found themselves naked, what did God cover them with? Sheep. Right? Yeah. Some lamb. sort of animal, yeah, skin, animal skin, right? Yeah. We can infer, I think rather correctly, that that animal skin is referring to lamb skin. And that right here you have the image of a sacrifice, right? Hmm. That the righteousness of God is going to be what covers their nakedness. Abel, being a keeper of the sheep, actually offers according to what God has already given. Hmm. Already you see the seeds of what sacrifice truly is. Already you see the seeds of what a faithful life looks like, that it actually just gives back to God that which God has given. Hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And so here you see Abel being a embodiment of this Christological figure hmm. who actually offers what God has said according to the word of God. He is persecuted by his brother. His heart is for his brother. He's like, hey, man, don't you know that if you just do what God says, it's going to be fine. Like, you don't need to come at me this way. Cain, having this deep jealousy, wanting to rule over his brother, ends up murdering his brother. Abel submits to what his brother actually does because his brother's the older one. His brother's the one in authority. He allows himself in some meaningful way to be killed. And then his blood cries out in vengeance, right? Mm -hmm. And in this way, Abel is representative of the faith that would come in the person of Jesus who would be murdered by his older brothers, quote unquote, the nation of Israel, and his blood would cry out instead of vengeance, it would cry out in redemption. Hmm. So you see this typological embodiment, you see it localized in this idea where God gives a covenant and humanity obeys gives loyalty allegiance of faith and that it's rooted basically in just like core like you do what the word of god says but then you take it to this next level that you have this literal person who is the embodiment of that word so the mystery here the cosmic sort of unveiling is that faith is like it says it's the substance of things hoped for the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things unseen right like we talked in the last episode that faith like the substance the thing by which all things are things, but it itself is not based on needing that thing, right? So substance is the thing by which all other things are predicated, but it itself needs no predicate to be, right? 
That's the word of God. And when the word of God speaks, stuff happens. But that word of God that spoke, that stuff happens, that has that allegiance, became a human person. Mm. And so, like, the author of Hebrews is just, again, unveiling this cosmic sort of reality of what faith truly is. Faith is not merely belief. Demons believe. No, faith is way more. And simplified, faith is, this is going to be a bit of a head, maybe a head scratch. I don't know. Faith, biblically, is obedience. Hmm. Because obedience for the Hebrew mind, it just, it hears, and what it hears is the way it moves. I I think for me, the way that I I would look at this text in the past, especially when I would look at all these stories of people, and this is not a nuanced reading, because you look at the stories of these guys, and they're not always great, as far as like, morally speaking, they're not always great. But what I would think of faith, if I had to distill it down to a word in the past, was that faith was performance. And it was doing all the right things. But when you contextualize it, that faith is returning to God what he's already given to you. Mm -hmm. That, to me, sounds characteristically different than God has a standard. He has a a, 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 a hoop that I got to jump through mm-hmm. and it's based off my own performance. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just, for me, my understanding of faith as I see in the scripture is way doper because it's around faithfulness. It's around allegiance and that faithfulness is first performed and uh, executed maybe, like performed and enacted by God himself. Right. right. He is the author and perfecter of our faith, mm-hmm. right? So that even when Abel was performing the sacrificial ritual, that sacrificial ritual ritual is merely an enactment of that which God has already promised. Hmm. So it's really just participating in what has been given, right? And you can imagine a a kid playing out in the field and maybe he lives on a farm and he's having a good old time and all of a sudden mom rings the cowbell for dinner, right? You know that moment where the kid hears the cowbell and is aware and is like, oh, it's time for dinner. Yeah. And the cowbell triggers a response. Mm-hmm. That's faith. Mm. Right? You the response. He- well, the whole dynamic. The whole dynamic. Of hearing something. You hear it mm-hmm. and you respond. Mm. And what is it that you hear? You hear the word of God. Yeah. And then what happens? You embody it and practice it and live it in your literal body. And what I'm saying is that that dynamic of the cowbell and the response that is alive in a person Mm. it's in jesus first Mm. and foremost that's why he's the author and perfecter of our faith we'll find that out in um chapter 12 12. does that make sense yeah yeah yeah. i i think it makes sense when i look at the story of noah as well which is the third of the three in Mm -hmm. this in this passage Mm -hmm. where you know god tells him hey make a boat here's how i want you to do it he's like all right cool makes sense the Enoch one seems a little bit more curious to me because I can't remember exactly the story where God gives him instructions mm-hmm. or a word and Enoch's like, okay, cool. It just seems like Enoch was kind of just supernatural. He just did things really, really well and God's like, all right, you're in. Well, the thing with Enoch is that he is a symbol of somebody who walked with God. Hmm. He just walked with God. He knew the Father's voice so intimately. He was ultimately like this idea of because of the intimacy that we had, that he had, which is available to us all. Mm-hmm. His place was not on this world. And this is what the author of Hebrews is going to get to, right? He's just dropping a clue here that walking with God, intimacy with God, hearing his voice is the point, And it indicates that you're not of this world. Hmm. And not of this world, meaning like in the physical geography of the terrestrial world, because we are proper to this world. Humanity was created for earth and earth was created for humanity. But in the sense of what the world has become, its corruption, its fallenness, its strategies, its thinking, like 
The strategies of a corrupted world is not where we belong. The thinking of a corrupted world is not where we belong. The corruption of this world is not our proper state, right? Mm -hmm. We were created to be in intimacy with God. We were created to actually live with this, with this allegiance and agreement that whatever God says is how we live. So you have there um, Enoch, which is the exemplar of this. And what's so dope is that in these first three, you see a dynamic about faith that is um, a little unexpected. For instance, by faith, what does Abel do? He actually dies. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. By faith, what does Noah do? Noah saves, mm -hmm. right? And remains on earth. By faith, Enoch actually individually leaves. Mm -hmm. So you have Abel dies individually. You have Noah who saves corporately but remains on earth. And then you have uh, Enoch who individually is actually removed, removed, raptured as yeah. it were. Right. Yeah. And all of these are by faith. So if you were looking to say faith looks like this and it's an actment, hmm. you'd be wrong. You, you'd be confused maybe because in one version of it, it all looks differently. It all looks different. Right. Mm -hmm. So what's the underlying unifying theme with all of them? Faith faith why because they all walked intimately with god they obeyed what god said and i don't mean obedience in the form of a demandment i demand you obey in order to receive no i mean it as the service of love because you trust god and you know that you give him allegiance because he is so faithful and trustworthy that that which he says is what you will do there, there was a really interesting uh TikTok or uh, Instagram reel that came over my profile recently and it was I forget the guy's name but basically his point being that Christianity has largely done a disservice to the parishioners where we collapse serving God with like being a deacon in the church or serving in a local church context so yeah. that's certainly a great thing and apparently now I'm 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 going to be not only deacon but uh, also elder yeah that's right so like cool like we're, we're about that like that's nothing wrong with it but he was just talking about how the conflation of service to God as service to a, the church organization has left a lot of people really confused mm -hmm. because they think that this is the only way to serve God. Mm -hmm. When in reality, like, no, like you being a teacher, you being an engineer, you being a plumber, mm -hmm. you being a mother, you being a whatever the case is in many ways, if, if this is where God is leading you, this is what faith looks like. This is what obedience looks like. And I think the, the real even made to the, po the point like, some guy is like, hey, listen, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a photographer. I'm doing all these like really amazing things using my art and photography. He's like, should I be a deacon? He asked the pastor, and the pastor's like, no, yeah, like no. Why would you cheapen like your walk with God mm -hmm. into this caricature of mm -hmm. what it should be? Mm -hmm. And that's what I like about these three is that faith lived out, faith received, faith obeyed is. It can be different for each mm -hmm. person mm -hmm. and it doesn't make it better or worse. Yeah. And I think one of the words here that is worth mentioning is this commending, right? God commended him by accepting his gifts. That's for Abel, mm. right? And mm -hmm. then uh, for, I think it's for uh, Enoch, right? Yep. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And then uh, you see the same thing with, uh, well, actually with, Noah, he condemned the world. <laughs> but this commendation, that faith is the commendation. Um, some theologians, particularly maybe a new perspective on Paul, if anybody's hip to that, will see faith as a badge. Hmm. Faith is like the badge that you wear that commends you with God. And there's some pitfalls with that thinking, but it's, it's helpful in a regard that 
faith is what's proper to the Christian life, right? The righteous will live by faith, mm-hmm. right? And the righteous living by faith is that they have received the Holy Spirit, discern the voice of the anointing, and the anointing itself teaches them. Mm-hmm. And that the life of faith is the actual point because you are, and there's a depth here, because you are willing to be willed mm. by God's will, mm. right? There isn't a bypass of your will, right? To my Calvinist brothers and sisters, like there isn't a bypass of your will is that now you are willing to be willed by the will of God. And so that your will is properly willing to be surrendered to his will. And according to his will, you align your will and then let him live his life in you as you actually believe and move. And as you believe and move, God's grace supplies the fact. But faith is what actually takes the step to move, right? Faith is what moves. Grace supplies the fact, right? So faith is is the thing for the Christian life. The righteous will live by faith mm-hmm. to intimately know the voice of God, to have a understanding of his word as we read these texts, to have the mind of Christ and to move accordingly by faith. One last little observation with this triplet. You're talking about how able faith lived looks like uh, death. Death. Uh, for for Noah, it looks like remain. I mean, it looks like uh, yeah, corporate salvation and, and, and staying remaining. And for for Enoch, it's being translated, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Uh, that's a really cool picture of the story of Jesus. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And so you see it. Yeah. Death. Faith. The, the way that we live out faith reflects the story of Jesus. Yeah, that's so dope. I'm just seeing it. What you're saying, yeah. Abel dies, and then there is the, the corporate the, salvation, the corporate salvation, the watery grave, and then yeah. he ascends. Yeah, yeah, that's bomb. Yeah, awesome. <laughs>